from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Look, we're having a raging debate on this show, and I'm right, and everybody else is wrong, and it's just, it's a theme of Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, and as you know, if you've listened to the show at all, on Friday, there was a challenge. Michael Collins said that Harry Douglas couldn't get Masters tickets to next year. It took Harry like 18 seconds to get those tickets for next year. So I've already included myself in the, in the plus one. And all I keep telling everybody is that I'm going to show up wearing knickers. And people seem to have a weird time with this. Knickers are golf pants that are loose that, uh, that, that come in at the knee. And Evan, Mr. Golf over here, is trying to tell me it's the wrong name. And it took him like I'm watching his screen. He had to go through five different screens where they said the term knickers to find plus fours because he thinks that's more appropriate. The pants are called knickers. If they are loose-fitting pants coming at the knees, they are knickers. I got a pair of lime green knickers too, man. I'm telling you. Shut up, bro. <laughs> oh, Shut man. Shut up. I'm telling, I just, you know what? I don't know what y'all, y'all got problems. I can't help it. Like, my fashion <laughs> sense is on point for the golf game. It's going to be spectacular. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think when I think, I got no segue. There's just no way in hell I'm going to segue professionally to this. Let's uh, let's talk about the NBA with Chanae Ogumake, ESPN basketball analyst, friend of the show, and just all around great human being. Chanae, uh, thank you so much, and uh, I appreciate you uh, bearing with me as I vented about my golf pants and my fashion. Uh, I won't ask you necessarily about that unless you want to chime in, but I will ask you about the Mavericks' decision to sit Luka and Kyrie. Uh, what did you think of their decision when they had the chance of the play in and deciding to sit their stars? First of all, hey, Fitz, Hi. OMG, and hey, Harry, I miss you. You guys don't understand. Fitz is probably, like, the nicest human on this planet. So anytime you get to hear his voice and maybe visualize those green pants, uh, you realize that your day is off to a great start. Oh. I miss you, buddy. I miss you, too. Uh, to <laughs> to uh, answer your question about the Mavs' decisions, I'm not surprised. Because, I mean, look, Mark Cuban, he's a guy that always looks for an edge. And, I think, you know, the the bright spot to the end of their bad season was probably be playing that load management to try to ensure that their franchise has a higher opportunity with a pick. I think it was messy. I think it was a little bit of cheating the game because, you know, sometimes when you do things like that, they don't end up working the way you want. Um, but, I, do, I mean, look, if it's in the parameters in which the NBA operates for competitive edge, more power to them. Now, I know the day after the NBA came out and said we're investigating – <laughs> what happened at the end of that game, or at least throughout the course of that game, the decision-making there. But we're seeing throughout the league, I mean, there are teams that have, like, it looks like almost all their starters sitting out towards the end of the year. And so you, you see that everyone's trying to play, you know, chess, and even though, you know, it ends up being checkers. And I think in that situation, the Mavs had a – they have probably some of the most pressure coming into the offseason with the decisions and how they're going to retool because the fact of the matter is, they have two of the top guards in the NBA. They have someone who we thought uh, entering the season was going to be a potential MVP in Luka Doncic. You've got one of the most clutch performers in Kyrie Irving. That means you should be in championship contention year after year, and they fell way short of that after getting Kyrie. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on the decision-making, and so I think this is just the beginning. Now let's get to two teams that, you know, in the Sacramento Kings, who were the bright spot of the NBA this year, I would say, and also the Golden State Warriors, who time and time again, you know, 
they have a chance to win it because of the players that they have on their roster. The Warriors ended up winning two straight on the road to get the six seed. How likely is it in your eyes that they can make a run uh, despite the road issues they had this season? If I were Clay Thompson, I would say my chances are through the roof, right? I saw his <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw his social media post this weekend about a picture of him, Jordan Poole, and Steph and saying, Oh, we ready. And no, it was Draymond, Steph and Clay, the the original OGs. And it's basically intimating that they're ready for the playoffs because they feel like as long as they're healthy and they feel confident. I mean, confidence is the key for the Warriors. When they have their confidence and also they're playing at home, obviously the basket is the size of a swimming pool, pun intended, right? So the Warriors are the Warriors. I think they have some, some um, you know, they have some flaws and weaknesses in a way that we never expected a defending champ to. But nonetheless, you never write them off because, the you know, the playoffs come down to can you steal a game on the road, can you defend home court? We all know the Warriors can steal a game on the road. We all know that they can win at home. The question is, can they do it with the same enthusiasm and joy and, and just intensity? Because that was a long playoff stretch last year that led to a championship. And this is a crew that knows each other, but it's going to be another mental task. I think it's mental for the Warriors to stay locked in. That's the biggest obstacle. We're talking to Chene Ogumike on Fitz and Harry, Jason Fitz. Harry oh, Douglas. and Wiggins. Wiggins uh, is key, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a thousand percent. Uh, all right, so Chene, on first take, I dug in that the Lakers will not win a series in the playoffs, and my mentions <laughs> uh, died. So I, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to ask you straight up here. Uh, I'm either going to make a clapback video to all the Lakers fans that are just killing me when the war, when the Grizzlies, I should say, beat them, or I'm going to have to get off social media for like three months afterwards. Uh, which way is it going to go after that series? Let me tell you this. Even if you're right about the Lakers, you're going to still get your mentions are going to be, you know, in shambles. Lakers fans, undefeated. You know, whether win or lose, <laughs> They're one of the toughest fan bases, so don't worry about that. Just, you know, keep your phone on silent or whatever yeah, the case yeah, 100%, is. Yeah. I think the Lakers can absolutely win a game in the play-in, playoffs. I think they can. Just because at this point, if they get great efforts from LeBron and AD, if they get good secondary efforts from the supporting cast that is much improved, and most importantly, if they play defense, which defense matters, especially when the game slows down. They've been like a top defensive team since maybe March, April, and that's the recipe that got them a championship. Now, also, a perimeter shooting alongside AD being the beast that we know he is, and then LeBron showing up, like, that's the true, you know, method that will bring, you know, at least some wins. But if they play defense, if AD plays hard and LeBron does what he does, scores but also gets everyone else to play their highest level of basketball, they absolutely can win a game. Now, the question is, like, we haven't seen that consistent, consistently over the course of the entire season – but it seems like finally things have been breaking their way to the point where they feel like they have a chance. Now let's talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves because even though Easter was yesterday, Rudy Gobert decided that he wanted to box. <laughs> and for some apparent reason, I don't know why he thought that was the way to go, but how are you moving forward from a locker room perspective after yesterday's incident? Uh, I, so I'm really close with Rudy. And Rudy, I, you know, I think he's one person that – he just is, he cares so much about the game. He cares so much about team success. When you're a defensive player, you don't get a lot of the credit, right? You're the one that's rebounding. You're the one that's defending screens. You're the one that's blocking shots. You don't get a lot of, not even credit, you don't get much of the glory, right? So I feel like at times it's a thankless job. There's no situation where you should put your hands on your teammates. Now, we all know that sometimes things happen, and I'm glad it wasn't a, you know, a situation that escalated at least where we saw it on the court. The real impact of it was just the disharmony that it created because now the bigger implication is what happened to Jaden McDaniel? 
this guy was going to be the guy that guarded all the top players that the Timberwolves needed them to guard. Their best perimeter defender is now out because of another situation. So it wasn't just Rudy. It was a bigger domino effect of what's going on with the T-Wolves. And so Rudy is completely, he apologized. He's embarrassed for it. He's now paying for it with the suspension. He understands the implications because now you're not in the play-in, which hurts your team overall after all the work you've done to really jump to this new squad, try to acclimate. You've got Crompton Towns back. You're trying to make this push. And then something like that in the last, at the end of the road gets you, that's really disappointing. But, you know, I do think that guys get over things quickly. Like, and if hopefully they can say, hey, we've got a, like, we've got a real shot to do something this year, um, you know, but the, the task just got harder with, with uh, McDaniels out. And it just makes you worry about the viability of this team and, and whether their, their chemistry and connectivity is really all there together. Chanae, the WNBA draft is tonight. You were the first overall pick in the draft. Aaliyah Boston projected by most to be the first overall pick. What advice would you give Aaliyah coming into this? Enjoy the moment. Soak it all up. Literally, draft night is probably one of my favorite nights I've ever had, uh, just period, as a human being. I mean, I had the I had the fairy tale draft. I got drafted number one in, in my home arena that I was going to play Mohegan Sun as a new member of the Connecticut Sun, alongside my sister, who had previously been drafted number one, so it was like we're making sister history. It was amazing. So I think a lot of times, soak it up. There's so much going on. You think about, oh, I have to do this, all these transitions. Who cares? Wear your fit. Enjoy yourself. Celebrate with those who have been with you along the way. And everything will take care of itself. Because what got you here is what will continue to take you there. And I think Aaliyah Boston is ready and primed for the league. We're excited to see. This will be a magical night for the W and for college hoops as well. I, I know we're up against it, but i got to ask you one more real quick on the W because the collective bargaining agreement for the NBA allows o- players to start owning, uh, investing in teams, becoming owners in teams. As a WNBA player, how much are you guys looking at some of your relationships in the NBA to see if some of those guys actually start investing in your properties? I think they absolutely should, and I think they will because, you know, we just saw the late, latest athlete in Tom Brady investing and being, a, you know, part of the Las Vegas Aces. And so I think it's a good way for people to be, to give to the game in the way that everyone tries to find authentic ways to do so. So we accept in all the monies. We accept in all the funds. Let's get it. Janae, <laughs> as always, uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for the expertise. Have a great season. Always love watching you kick ass on all of our shows. I got you. I appreciate you. You are the best. Everyone, you get a gift in Jason Fitz and Harry, but more so Fitz because, Harry, you know, we knew to this. Thanks. Thanks, Chanae. Uh, ESPN basketball analyst Chanae Gumake. Also want to quickly update people on the WNBA nice, uh, note that came out today. Uh, they are now private chartering on back-to-backs and in the playoffs. So another step forward for the league as they try and find better ways to travel for all of the athletes like Chanae that are working their tails off. Coming up, a history-making weekend, and you might have missed it. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. and sports guys huge news over here to the bottom this is it rock bottom this is three up three down with Fitz and Harry he's Harry Douglas I'm Jason Fitz Fitz and Harry on ESPN radio the ESPN app Sirius XM channel it in your smart speakers you can just say hey smart speakers 
Play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You just heard it right there. Harry, what time is it? Three up, three down time. We're going to give, uh, I got the ups this week, so I get to give three things I'm up on, and you're going to give three things you're down on. This isn't normal. Like, Harry's a beacon oh, of light in a dark, dark yes. world. You're going but, down. But this makes me think of, like, what is it again? Burn. If it's an upper, what it, what does it call it when it's a, oh, uh, we, well, a downer? Uh, we're, we're, we're going back to the the uh, the edibles here. Is that what, like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, so yeah. sativa versus indica, sativa, uh, sativa is the I never remember which one is which. Uh, <laughs> you would think as many as of them I take, I would know which one's which. I, exactly, like, bro. I got, oh man, they sell these in Massachusetts that have uh, caffeine added to them. I'm just telling you, like that is a delight for me. I'm just like, boop, boop, boop. all right. Uh, we should actually get to the uh, to the ups here and the downs here, and let's start with uh, the top of the list. Number one. Okay, so number one, I'm doing this just to butter you up. I'm gonna be honest with you, Harry. I'm only putting this at number one. To make you happy, because the number one on the ups is big kudos to the Boston Bruins. And everybody has uh, not been paying attention to hockey except for uh, Harry, I feel like, at this point, uh, for the Bruins, who get the big win at the end of the year, and they secure the NHL regular season record for single-season victories. The Bruins have been absolutely destroying everybody all year long. So they ended the game tied with the 95-96 Red Wings and the 18-19 Tampa Bay Lightning. They ended the game as the first team in NHL history to get 63 wins in a regular, in a singular regular season. I mean, absolutely incredible. 131 points on the season, uh, which, uh, by the way, the all-time single record of 132 was held by Montreal from 76-77. So uh, by by far, the Bruins are getting it done. Getting it done brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right products for you. Call, click Granger today or stop by. So you and I need to go to a Bruins playoff game since you are a Bruins fan. Oh, that was Fitz, just for don't, you. Wor- don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's been a, a, a wonderful year for the Bruins. And I actually literally hit up one of my friends that lives in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and told him I'm thinking about coming up for a Bruins playoff game. So I mean, they should get it's us already personalized in the works, jerseys that say Fitz and Harry on it. Like, well, well let- I have my Bergeron jersey. I have no, my no, Bergeron no, no. jersey. We go as we go as Fitz, and then we have uh, Evan just dresses the whatever ampersand, whatever they call that, the and. <laughs> like so, Evan just goes as an and in a full and inflatable costume. So it's Fitz and Harry, and then Devin takes the picture. I'm in for this. All right, I'm cool with it. All right, All right. so my number da- num- my number one down <laughs> is gonna be you know Rudy Gobert. Right, Mama says knock you wow. Uh, uh, I'm gonna knock you wow. The only thing is that he didn't knock his teammate out, and he actually knocked himself out of playing in the first <laughs> play-in game, game versus the Los Angeles Lakers. This is bad business, man. You can't have it on a basketball court. He has since apologized and sent a tweet, so I know he's very remorseful, but you cannot have this because you look at the, the big picture – it's really hurting their basketball team, which is the Minnesota Timberwolves fits. I'll go back to my analogy earlier. If I drive by the cop and give him the finger while I'm doing it, I'm still going to get the ticket, even if I say I'm sorry when it happens. Like, he can say he's sorry all day long. Still got to pay the penalty. He'll miss that playing game. That's significant. All right, let's go to the next one. Number two. All right, we're going to bring in producer extraordinaire Evan for this one because Evan had a big weekend. Evan is now officially rich, rich. Like, he went from just being rich in heart and spirit to being rich, rich in the wallet thanks to the Masters. Evan, tell everybody how you suddenly became Lamborghini rich. Yeah, I wouldn't say Lamborghini rich, but, you know, John Rahm winning uh, the Masters and uh, uh, along with the rest of the team that I created – I finished in fir- tied for first place at 31 under par in our Masters pool. And uh, the tiebreaker was your best re- uh, team round on Sunday. So the final round, your team score, mine was six under. 
The next closest guy that I was tied to was two under, so I won by four shots in the tiebreaker. And it was crazy because John Rahm won by, I think, like three shots. So he didn't need, or four shots, he didn't need the par on the last hole to win the tournament. Like, he could have two-putted, but I needed that putt. Like, I needed him to get up and down from the fairway for par in order to win. Otherwise, I would have finished tied for second. So that was literally a $1,000 putt for me sure. that John Rahm made for par. He made it. I took home uh, all the winnings. And uh, Devin thinks he deserves a cut for telling me about the pool, but I was already I already knew about it. I just wasn't going to join it. Until Devin told me that you get half your money back for making the cut. So I think so Devin that, deserves that, a I cut. Mean, I mean, but a not referral all of fee. It. A referral fee of sorts, right? Yeah. Definitely a referral mm-hmm. fee. So I'm thinking I, 500? So <laughs> 500 is a hefty referral fee. <laughs> Whoa, I mean, that's Devin. 20%. I mean, I, I think I, I told I, Devin. I can negotiate, but that's my starting point. We're, we're, right, we're, Lamar. We're, we're going to go golfing on Friday, Devin and I, after the show. We might get started. When the show's still going on, haven't decided yet if we're just going to leave in the middle of the show. But I, I offered to treat Devin to golf on Friday. I think that's a fair referral fee. I think I should no. add in some food, though. Yeah, food and drink. Oh, it has to has food and one hundred percent at the course. One hundred percent. I'll do golf and a beer. How much is the <gasps> round of golf going to cost you that you're paying for for him? I, I mean, like. It cost us like thirty bucks. Yeah, Third, okay, no, oh, that's atrocious. Oh, no, 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 Food and no, drink no, should no, also no. be included in this. I yes. mean, I'm just saying that's the proper thing to do. That's the American to, thing to do. Yeah. Do, do we'll you see. want to be American, Evan? We'll see. Okay, Harry, <laughs> you want to take us back to the down? Yes, my number two down is the New York Mets, and why? Oh, come because on! This team has five wins, and their five wins have come to against one team, the Marlins. So I'm saying to myself, can they win against somebody else besides these sucky teams that they're playing? Can you can you beat someone worthwhile, Mets? Since you're a new Mets fan, Fitz, can can you tell me why they can't you know win every game against these uh, uh, opponents that they're playing? Because these opponents that they're playing is not like they're upper echelon. I mean, can you explain to me why I don't know the Braves are one and three at home and just got shellacked by the like giving up ten runs? I know the Padres are good, yeah. but. You yeah, gave yeah. up 10 runs to the That happens at times. The Mets, the that, Mets started slow, and they're only a game back of your, I mean, can they go into the wheel and see these Padres? I think things are going pretty well. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure if the Braves had the Mets schedule, they'd probably be undefeated right now. And if or, with aunt, only one loss on their schedule. If my aunt had grapefruits, she'd be a produce farmer. And you oh. know what? I'm so glad <laughs> you brought up how many runs that the Braves gave up. Because against the Milwaukee Brewers in back-to-back games, one game they gave up nine runs, mm-hmm. in which they lost nine to zero, and then they lost the following night ten to zero. So nineteen runs in two games the Mets gave up. Yeah, but then the next game they they scored nine on the Marlins. Let's go. Yeah, against against getting, the Marlins. Just getting warmed against up. the Marlins. Just getting they, they scored five against up. the Marlins. Let me get one more uh, positive in here, Devin. What do we have next? Number three. Uh, the XFL gave us overtime over the course of the weekend twice, actually. And I know none of you guys were watching, so I'm just going to tell you it was amazing. And it was important because the NFL implemented these rule changes within the XFL to see them tried out. For anyone that didn't see, the way the XFL works their overtime is just like penalty kicks in soccer. So essentially it was 1v1, right? So you have three plays. If you score on the you, – you only get the play yeah, – sorry, let me clarify this. You get to run one play from the five-yard line. If you score, that's great. That counts like scoring a penalty kick. Then the other team gets to answer. You do that three times over the course of the game. It was incredible to watch. It was by 
by far the best overtime I've seen in any level of football anywhere. College football in the NFL should adapt the policy, hands down, bar none, no questions asked. The XFL overtime was maybe the best thing the XFL has done with any of their rule changes. I love the XFL overtime rules, but I'm going to give you my number three down. Mm. Oh, it's the Los Angeles Clippers because they beat the Suns and... I understand their logic behind it because they were in a play-in situation last year and they lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves and didn't make the playoffs. But they wanted to secure a playoff spot, so they went on and beat the Suns in this matchup yesterday. Here's the only thing. You are now matched up with the Phoenix Suns in the first round of the playoffs without Paul George. So I don't know if that's a great thing uh, whatsoever. I know exactly what kind of thing that is. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach. With their easy-to-use mobile app, learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. All right, maybe maybe there's another side to this. Maybe the Clippers know exactly what they're doing when it comes to playing the Suns. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Logo three. You bet. LeBron puts him to sleep. 36 points in his final game of year 20 in the regular season. I'm getting there, and I'm getting there at the right time. Question is, are the Lakers good enough to not only win the play and get into the playoffs, but then do some damage and make a run? Obviously, it's different because usually in the postseason, you have multiple days of prep for a team, but we shouldn't be comfortable. we got to stay on edge and get ready for the game. The NBA playoff seating came down to the wire, especially for the Western Conference. And look, I've never lied to everybody when we talk about these things. I've never sat here and tried to blow something up to be something it's not. But this year's NBA playoff matchups, particularly in the Western Conference, feel like they are destination destination must-watch matchups. However, that doesn't mean we weren't surprised to see the Clippers go out and effort their tails off to get a win, knowing that that meant... They were going to have to play the Phoenix Suns. The question is, was it the right strategy? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Uh, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. And it's funny because, you know, if you guys were watching on TV last night, uh, last week, Harry and I had the opportunity to be on first take. Had a blast. And uh, I was texting our producer for that particular episode, uh, episode Kwaku. Great guy. Kwaku is awesome. And we were talking about just this year's playoffs, Harry. And I do feel like through all of the chaos of the regular season and the way the last week came down uh, trying to figure out seeding, who's good, who's not, this conversation about whether the Lakers can do the unthinkable, this conversation about the Clippers taking on the Suns, it feels like we are in this mode right now where anybody can beat anybody, and that's what makes it particularly exciting. I was just surprised to see the Clippers go out and nail it knowing that that close win over the Suns ensured that they were about to have to beat Kevin Durant. Uh, They were about to have to beat uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton four times in seven games to advance without Paul George. Like, it feels like that's crazy to me that you you go into the – in a world where we're watching the Mavs openly uh, tank just to get a better draft spot, I was a little surprised the Clippers didn't try and find a creative way to lose that game. No, I agree with you, but I will say this. I think Ty Lue is very confident in his team, and you look at their roster, which is one of the better ones, especially if Paul George is out there playing. They have a lot of length, right? They have a lot of size, 
you know, that could probably bother a lot of guys. I don't think it'll, it's going to bother Kevin Durant because I think he's the one chess piece and the matchup nightmare that nobody wants to face because I don't think there's any kind of defense that you could put on them and it could be successful. Now, the Boston Celtics did something last year in which they had people all around Kevin Durant. They were double-teaming them, had people in the lane. But the Boston Celtics were one of the better defensive teams the entire year, especially the second uh, from January all the way up into that the NBA Finals. So uh, when I'm looking at the Clippers without Paul George, I definitely don't think it's a great matchup for them uh, with Paul George. Honestly, I'll be honest with you. With Paul George, I, I, I thought this series would have went to seven. Honestly, with the Suns winning it, without Paul George, I don't think it's going to go to seven because when you look at the Suns, you have two prolific scorers in Devin Booker and Kevin Durant that can score the basketball at any given time. I look at the point guard matchup. I'm taking Chris Paul over Russell Westbrook. Kawhi Leonard, can he stay healthy? Right, You already have one of your big top two guys out in Paul George. Can Kawhi Leonard stay healthy across the board? And then you look at Zubak, who's been doing a phenomenal job for him this year, matched up with DeAndre Ayton. Um, that, that matchup can go either way. But if Chris Paul is doing his job consistently in this series, then I'm going to take you know DeAndre Ayton because that means Chris Paul is giving him the basketball in places in which he can be successful around the rim. To me, it all comes down to how they're helping on defense. Like whoever they're bringing in to help on KD is going to create a better matchup for everybody else that's being left behind, right? Like yep. that's just the the help defense of this is is key, and also the Suns' ability to get rhythm. That being said, Michael Wilbon, the ESPN NBA analyst and host of Pardon the Interruption, was on Game Day, and this is what he said about maybe wanting to get the Suns in the first round instead of later in the playoffs. Maybe you should get the Suns early because they haven't had that many games under their belt. What's Kevin Durant played? Nine games, ten games. Nine, I guess, with, with the Suns. Right. So maybe you want to catch the Suns early before they have a chance to get a series of four, five, or six games under their belts and then really sort of hit stride. See, Harry, to me that's... Valid point, though. Valid point. Uh, it's great logic for any other team. It just doesn't apply to this year's Suns, right? Like, that's the yeah. hardest part for me because it's supposed to take them. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're working together on radio. I don't care if you're working in a car factory. I don't care if you're working at a dealership. I don't care if you're on a basketball team. It's supposed to take a minute when you put a bunch of people together for them to hit rhythm. That just hasn't been the case for the Suns. Like, it feels like the minute KD came in, everybody was like, well, it's pretty easy. Like, that's the thing. And we saw this one other time. When the Lakers first came together with this group going through the bubble, there was a moment where it looked pretty effortless for them. I feel like that's what we're seeing for the Suns. The Suns right now are just making it look easy. Well, you also can't ignore the simple fact that they're undefeated with Kevin Durant out there on the basketball court, right? We can't ignore that factor. But I think when you look at the Clippers, right, I think a trade uh, for two guys really made them – I would say a contender, but not at, the, not at the level that I see a lot of the other teams at, though. Bones Holland coming off the bench and adding a spark, and also Eric Gordon, because Eric Gordon has played a lot of basketball, and he can hit timely threes when you need him to. I just don't know if that's enough versus the firepower that the Suns have within their starting lineup. If you told me Paul George would be playing in this series consistently, then maybe my mind would be ch uh, changed a little bit. But without him, without that extra firepower, but then we don't know if Russ is going to go rogue. We don't know if we're going to get old Russ or, you know, the, the, the Russ that just want, wants to make this about him. We don't know what Russell Westbrook we're getting. I think the biggest part of this to me, and I'm going to say this stat basically every game. I'm just going to keep saying this. Right now, Kevin Durant's record this year, 
No matter what, you you stack all the teams. You stack both the Nets and you stack the Suns. His record right now is 34 and 13. Mm. 34 and 13 this year. Uh, Kevin Durant, uh, we we keep talking about MVP. Total different conversation than the MVP conversation. Right now, the best player in the world is clearly Kevin Durant to me. Like, the guy that is better than everybody else. Like, I heard the morning show this morning sort of debating position by position on some of this. KD is not awash with anybody else. KD is better than everybody else. And he's 34-13 and 13 this year to prove it. So, for me, the hardest part that everybody's going to have is that you cannot stop KD with one person. I don't care who that person is. You are going to need multiple people, no matter what you are doing, to try and slow down Kevin Durant, who last year almost single-handed willed his team all the way through that process too, right? Like, we have seen greatness from KD at every turn at this spot. I don't know what else we could possibly look for. So, but go ahead. But, but, but here's the thing. I think for, for the Clippers, Norman Powell has to be excellent in this series. He has to be that guy beside Kawhi Leonard that gets them buckets, you know, when they need it. And he did a phenomenal job of exploiting Austin Reeves in the matchup against the Lakers, right? Every time he felt like Austin Reeves was on him, he was taking him to the cup or he was getting a bucket. So I think he has to be phenomenal in this series because you are missing Paul George. I don't disagree with that at all. I just think right now, if the Clippers gave you 100% of the Clippers for this entire series and you got 75% of KD, I'm still taking the Suns. That's how much I believe in Kevin Durant right now. In the meantime, in the last hour... The play-in to the playoff changed drastically for one team. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Brought to you by Bank of America. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. I mean, misspeaking is on brand for me. That's all I'm saying. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And I really do, do you, like... Somebody really wants to advertise with us, right? Like, we need somebody to just start sponsoring the show that will do like laser hair removal. That's a you know, like get that, get that on my and get that on my legs. Go go with that. Just go with like leg hair removal, like laser fits removal. Oh wow, <laughs> we do live, we do live hair removal on the show. Okay, uh, well, I'm in for that. Look, if that if that uh, if that if that seals the deal, I'm in for it. By the way, since you guys are really, uh, I, I know everybody's really really tuned into my Orange Theory journey. I will just let you know, I've converted another ESPNer. All right, so Sean Farnham already my Orange Theory buddy. We text each other all the time with how we're doing because mm-hmm. he's all over the country. Found out Dallin Cuff now joining the uh, the. Uh, okay, he's doing a little bit of the Orange Theory too. So I got like I got two D1 athletes that are uh, you know what I'm 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 gonna push them. I'm gonna push them here. You ready for this? You ready for this? Hit a new PR over the Talk weekend. Hit a PR. Hit a personal record over the weekend. I hit 12 on the treadmill as my speed. That, Ooh. for those of you, yeah, I know. I was flying. I was flying. And this morning, 11.5, still hit 11.5, even though that's okay. a day after a 12. Like, my, my calves are wrecked, but I, I'm telling you, I'm up there. Woo! Showing it off, Harry. But I'm, I'm happy for you, though, man. But I think consistency and being committed to something, staying committed to the process is big. It's really, really big thing. I mean, here's the thing. By the end, of, by the end of the summer, they're going to be like, "Which one of you was the former wide receiver?" Like, I'm going to have abs okay, on now, my see, abs on my abs. Talking about the, things and then taking it too far. 
<laughs> I, think, uh, I think that's a little too far. Now that's probably fair. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Uh, obviously, the big news, and this has just come out over the course of the last couple of hours, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, let everybody know with the Woj bomb uh, that Minnesota is going to be without Rudy Gobert. So uh, he is not traveling to the team with L.A., won't play against the Lakers on Tuesday in the play-in tournament. He'll serve a one-game suspension. He's expected to return if the Wolves lose to the Lakers and play another playing game or advance into the Western Conference playoffs, sources have said. Uh, they had to suspend Gobert, as he points out, for throwing a punch. For anyone that didn't see it, he got into an argument with Kyle Anderson, uh, his teammate uh, by the bench. There was some name-calling that resulted in a punch. This is sort of a worst-case scenario for a team that uh, didn't exactly go into this entire playoff hot uh, at this point. Uh, I, I said a few weeks ago they deserve some love. Everything fell apart, but they're able to win their way into the play-in now. Chris Finch, Timberwolves head coach, had this to say about the punch on the sideline. It's certainly not something that we condone. You know, if, you know um, I mean, veterans can get upset too, so I don't you know, want to be too hard on them, but obviously it's not something we're going to be able to uh, tolerate here. Um, and I'm sure he's already remorseful. I haven't had a chance to speak with him about it. Do you have any thought on if you can play going forward in terms of discipline or at, in, in, in... Yeah, I mean, that'll be handled internally and just, you know, uh, got to talk to uh, Tim and, and everything. So we now know that that has been handled, uh, again, with the one-game suspension. This is a, a, a sort of culmination, Harry, of worst-case scenarios for the, for the Timberwolves against the Lakers because, you know, now you're talking about you've got no Gobert, obviously you've got no Jaden McDaniels. Like, this isn't the way they wanted to go into a play-in game where, for anyone that doesn't know, all they had to do, all they have to do is beat the Lakers. If they beat the Lakers, they're in the playoffs. Uh, but if you lose to the Lakers, you got to beat somebody else, too, in that process. So uh, it makes their, their road much tougher. Yeah, I think it's huge because you look at two guys who can add on the defense and end, right? You talk about Rudy Gobert and being able to alter shots in the lane and block them as well. Also adding 13 uh, points per game to that Minnesota Timberwolves team. Jay McDaniels adding 12 points a game along with, you know, having the size and the range to be able to guard different people on a basketball court. So you're losing a lot of defense with both of those guys being out. But somebody else is going to have to step up. Car Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. Uh, Mike Conley Jr., those guys are going to have to be that much more, I think, efficient from the field, not just on the offensive end, but also locked in defensively so they can try to get this win. Now, if they mess around tomorrow night and beat the Lakers in this game, can you imagine what we're going to be saying or what you're going to be saying? The following day, well, about I mean, the, the, Lakers. Lakers, the Lakers got to lose two before they're out. Out, you know. Well, no, no, no. But period, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah, matter. That's fair. It doesn't matter if they lose this game tomorrow night against the Minnesota Timberwolves without Jaden McDaniels, without Rudy Gobert, two key people for the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's a conversation and a hell of one. To, a hell of a one to be having too. Yeah, I mean, th- this is. Uh, not the the best situation for Minnesota and for LA. You need to take care of business quickly because you want a little bit of time off. Remembering that the biggest advantage to not being in the play-in is that you get days off where you can wait, right? So at this point, Memphis is waiting. That Memphis isn't going to play uh, whoever ends up being the the uh, seventh seed, the top seed of the the play-in, will end up playing Memphis, right? Like uh, Memphis is going to be sitting around till Sunday. They got nothing. They got a week at this point to just get right and get their bodies right, get their minds right, get healthy. If you're the Lakers, the last thing in the world you want to do, the playing game Tuesday night uh, on TNT or, or, the, or the games there, we've got the games here on Wednesday night. Uh, but if the Lakers were to lose that, then they would have to play again on Friday, right? Like, so yep. you think about what that means just for guys that have frankly had to be a little up and down on the number of minutes they can play. 
If I'm the Lakers, I've got to take care of business against a shorthanded Minnesota team. Can I ask you a question? No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know my Hawks play the Heat tomorrow night as well. Do you mm. think my Hawks have a chance? Yeah, sure, they have a chance. Uh, look, the Heat because because I, because I'm, I'm nervous about that matchup. That hasn't been a good matchup for the Hawks this season. They're one and three versus the Heat, but also. The Heat are the uh, are the team that put them out last year in the playoffs, and it was more so the Heat playing a lot of bully ball, pushing the Hawks around. I I don't love the way that Miami shoots the ball, right? Like that's just sort of been the the Achilles heel for them is sometimes they disappear shooting the ball. Uh, for Atlanta, I, I mean, I just keep looking at Atlanta, waiting. I think, and this is one of the unfair things that happened when they beat the Knicks a few years ago. You saw that, you lived it, right? It, it yep. set this expectation for Trey Young and for what Atlanta was going to be. And I think a lot of us thought Atlanta was about to take this meteoric rise. Instead, they've taken the meteoric rise to mediocrity at this point. So, like, if you're Atlanta, you need to string something together. It, it, there is, they're going to have to ask some serious organizational questions going into this offseason too about, you know, for all the we talk about Luca and and what it means for the Mavericks. Think about this: How often we've been talking about well, Luca, Trey, everybody won in that trade. Well, neither of those teams are winning games right now, so both organizations are going to have to figure out what to do about that. Well, also with the Atlanta Hawks, it's, it's led to two coaches getting fired, and now Quinn Snyder is the head coach yeah. there. So I love De, uh, Dejounte Murray, though I love what he brings to the game. But I need John Collins and Capella and DeAndre Hunter; those guys to step up and really bring that physical presence to that matchup versus the Miami Heat. You're going to take the HD private jet down to Miami and check that out there. Like I mean, Man, I would love to take my talents to South Beach. Right, my wife going to slap me upside <laughs> my head if I told her I was leaving to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, honey, I'm taking my talent. No, you aren't. All right, yes, ma'am. Like that's about as far as that goes. Uh, that's a that's 100%. We'll get you caught up more on the games tomorrow, obviously, uh, as we get ready for the play. And Kenny and Carlin coming up next. Absolutely incredible. The entire Hawks roster going to join them. Don't miss it. You've been listening to the Fitz and Harry Podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. And you can watch on the ESPN app.